Welcome to the Babe You've Got This podcast. My name is Kim Kent. I'm so excited for you to be listening in today. I am a sales-based business coach. I specialize in mindset and I'm also an online business professional and network marketing professional. I love to help ambitious women who feel stuck, unclear and tired of not getting results to achieve the skills to build a six plus figure business and overcome all the BS that is holding them back from genuinely achieving the goals that they desire. I do this via my transformational and unique coaching experiences. Plus you get all the free goodness from tuning into my podcast. I'm all about empowering and inspiring women. So I really hope that this episode today gives you so much value, so much inspiration and gets you to think greater. If you'd love to learn more about me and check out my offerings, you can visit my website, www.kimkent.com.au. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and I really, really hope you enjoy this episode today. Hey, babe. I'm just coming in here before you start listening to this episode because once I finished recording, I could not stop thinking that, you know what, Kim, you could have done that better. You could have given more specific examples, you could have spoken clearer, you could have got to your point quicker. I had all these thoughts running through my head. So I was going to delete what I recorded and then start again. However, I figured I'm trying to be perfect here when perfectionism literally gets in the way (laughs) of creating any kind of success or growth or whatever it is I wanted to achieve. So this is my disclaimer (laughs) before you get stuck into this episode that I just wanted this to be so transparent so raw and real whatever came up and just roll with it and if you can hear my baby squealing in the background as I record this just keeping it completely real so I hope you enjoy um take it as it is and if you have any questions with what I share please reach out If there's anything in particular you'd love to know more on, please send me a message and I'll totally go deeper in a podcast episode and share whatever it is you want me to share. But yeah, I thought I'm just going to keep this, keep the original, post it up, take from it what you will, enjoy. I hope you can relate or I hope it adds some kind of value or a deeper understanding into me (laughs) and what it is I'm about. Welcome back or welcome if this is your first time listening. I hope you're having a beautiful day, morning, evening, night, whenever it is for tuning in. I wanted to share a little bit more, a little bit more, probably a lot more about my childhood. I feel like there is so much power in sharing our story, especially from our childhood. And I have shared little bits here and there in other episodes And I thought, you know what, I just want to share it all. And I actually have been holding back from this because I look at it in two minds. If I was to genuinely share, actually, no, not genuinely, because I am genuine, authentically share my experience as a child, I feel like I would be just having a big whinge because life was tough it seemed really tough I don't have many happy memories as a child which saddens me because I know my childhood wasn't that horrible but I also have the mind that I have now and if you've been listening to me or following me for a while 
you know that I'm literally all about shifting the perspective, doing the mindset work, becoming higher self. So when I look back on my childhood, I'm thinking, I would love to portray it to you in a way that doesn't make me look like I was ungrateful <laughs> because when I think back, I'm like, Kim, look at all the, all the things you did have, find the gratitude, all of that jazz. But then I feel like if I do that, I'm taking away the actual emotion and the actual experience I had. I'm hoping this makes sense to you. So I'm just going to share it. So I, I guess my disclaimer is... <laughs> It may come across like I was ungrateful and this is a whinge because as a child, I definitely was ungrateful. I didn't truly understand gratitude. Um, and I, I literally just learned how to be a really, really good victim. So I'm just going to share it. I hope you can relate to it. Maybe you can't if you are listening and it's like the Kim. Oh my God, you had it so good. Just remember, this is my personal experience and I didn't have other thing I only had what I had to compare to as a child but now as I share it I am very aware of how blessed and how privileged I was and all of that jazz so I'm sharing this with you also because I want you to know where where my vision now has come from and just to clarify my vision now is oh it's so big it gives me goosebumps all the time is I've I do what I do because I see myself helping women like me my generation or or women who can relate to this helping them break the lineage of scarcity mentality so their children or so our children don't even have to worry about the whole building self-worth and growing your confidence around money like I want to eradicate the scarcity here and it starts with us and what I mean by the lineage or generational lineage is you know from our mothers and our mother's mothers and and our fathers our parents it's all been passed down our beliefs and and how we view the world and and as you'll hear in my story my 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 biggest pain just seems to revolve all around money whenever I think to my childhood everything came down to the lack of money the scarcity around it and I can see how there was a lineage of it up my family's the generational lines so how this looks to you if you're just like what the fuck is scarcity lineage or scarcity mentality it's in as in do you naturally worry about money or do you find yourself getting stressed about money do you feel like you're always just trying to like maybe you can afford your bills but you're just trying to like you're just getting by or you just just have enough but you love to earn more but you feel like when more comes in more bills come um that's one of the simplest ways to put it so anyway this is why I know why I'm here to do what I'm, I'm meant to do so all my pain from my childhood has actually been the biggest gift into helping me now help other women and families break this cycle so I feel like where do I begin well I was born on the 24th of February 1991 and I was born here in Perth um, and I was my mum's third child so I was the first born out of myself and my brother and we share the same parents but my mum previously was previously married and had two daughters so I have two older half-sisters who to me they're just my sisters they've been with me my whole life like 
um, and she had them first. And then she went, um, found, met my dad, fell in love, <laughs> and had me and my brother. Now, when I think back, if I was to close my eyes and think back, all the thoughts that come to me, all the memories, go straight away to traumatic events, pain, anger, seeing my parents fight, stress, not having enough, never feeling good enough, so on and so forth. So I lived in your everyday average house. Um, I don't remember anything before my brother was born. He was born when I was two. So maybe if I did some <laughs> hypnotherapy or uh, I don't know, what is it when you lie on the chair and they go deep within your brain and bring up memories that you've suppressed, maybe I might remember things because I know that you can remember, but right now I can't. <laughs> and anyway, we grew up in a small town, a, a little suburb, about 30 minutes from the city in the foothills and my dad actually still lives in the suburb different house but and still owns the house I grew up in and yeah we were just if I looking back I just felt like we were just the everyday family middle class middle to well look we had a roof over our head we always had food on the table we definitely were middle class but my memory of it makes it feel like we were so much worse off than what we probably were. So I lived with my mum and dad and my brother. And then my mum and dad divorced, separated, divorced, whatever, At when I was eight. I just remember entering year four or grade four, which is the year I was about to turn nine. And, I, and my birthday was in February and I started school in February. So I was about to turn nine. I entered that school year living in separate houses, living, yeah, mum and dad had separated. So, and what I have learned since doing all the personal development work that I've done is our neural pathways, 80% of our neural pathways in our brains are formed and hardwired by the age of roughly seven, eight years old. This is where we form our beliefs of what we believe is right and wrong, black and white, day and night, and so on. And coming from that, I have definitely uh, talked about this before, where I believe that we're all born into this world as a blank canvas, and our biggest influences, which is usually our parents or our parental figures, paint on the canvas, they paint our beliefs, because we learn from what our parents, our biggest influences, our biggest teachers teach us. So my hardwiring period, my majority of my hardwiring period was spent when my parents were together and all I remember of them is constantly fighting, um, there's constantly being issues, problems. I genuinely cannot think back and remember my parents being happy together. I'm sure there's some family video <laughs> recorded somewhere where maybe they were but I just, I just don't remember. So they divorced when I was eight and it was huge. I was really affected by it. Um, apparently I blamed myself a lot. I took on a lot of the responsibility. And then <laughs> apparently this is what I heard by I think my, one of my older sisters or a cousin or something that joking around as I became an adult, they're like, oh, yeah, and then you blamed your brother. And I was like, of course I did. I blame myself and then I blame my brother. <laughs> Always throwing my little brother under the under the bus poor guy love him 
fucking love him. Um, I was that big sister that was always super protective. I still am super protective of him, but always blamed him so I could get out of trouble because he was the younger one and cuter and got away with more things. Isn't that how it works? The youngest always gets away with the most. (laughs) So we had a really rough time. So yeah, that first eight years, I just, I don't, all I know is I spent a lot of time with family and dad and mum would always fight about money. They'd always be arguing. And the thing is, my dad's someone who is, he's quiet. You, unless you, if you, he'll be chill, he'll be calm, calm, calm. And then it's like, you've hit too many buttons and then it will like explode, which I, I can relate to because I can definitely do that <laughs> now. Where especially with my husband, he'll be like, you go from zero to 100. And I was like, yeah, because I was like, keeping my cool, keeping my, keeping my cool. And then bam, that straw on the camel's back. So that's what my, what I feel like my dad was like, like then my mum was someone who was the pusher, like, and I can do that. Too. I'm really good at pushing as well. So it's, I just remember them they'll have fights and dad would be like, I don't want to talk right now. I don't want to talk about this right now. I've got some issue, but mum would push and push and push. Like, let's sort it out. Let's sort it out. And then it would just blow up. So yeah, it was hectic. And then they divorced. And then, so this is the part where I don't, I, it is a struggle. I struggle to share this because I feel like I'm being an ungrateful child and I know better. But this is my truth. So I then spent the next few years literally being the soundboard for my mum going through this divorce. Dad never really spoke much and I just heard everything. And I look at it now that, you know, mum knew that I was okay or trusted me and treated me like like a really close friend. But I was fucking eight years old, eight, nine years old. And, and finishing primary school, like the next few years, all I did was hear of how shit my dad was and how this and that and all, and it actually created a really bad negative image of my dad. And my dad, I didn't really have a strong relationship with because we'd never talk. So when we would visit our dads and we saw our parents equally, um, almost 50-50 custody. So it's not like, yeah, we just saw, we saw them equally. It's not like we didn't say dad, but dad just wasn't a talker and mum was a talker. So I heard all this stuff from mum and it was still painting images of my dad. And then I would take my mum's side and see how much she was the victim in it all. But, and I say this now, I love my mum. I love my dad. Growing up, I can see as an adult, I can understand what happened. And of course, mum got her heart broken. It just was not working. And I just took it on. And I guess I took it on as my problem. And yeah, so I just remember my childhood just this constant negativity and then since the divorce of my mum well my mum didn't have she worked as a cleaner um a cleaner by trade she's a freaking amazing cleaner and she had her own little business or she was working as a sole trader and my dad um is actually a police officer so he had his government he has his government job but yeah my mum was kind of she moved out and moved into this other house where us kids followed and just I, it, it was just constant financial stress because mum then couldn't do her cleaning. I think she did a little bit um, and I think 
her body, from memory, her body was starting to get sore. She was always getting injured. Um, she had me and my brother in her late 30s. So by this time they divorced, she was like mid-40s coming up to 50. And her body had was wrecked and sore. So I know she started to work um, in a bakery and in a deli. And I know she was just doing her absolute best to provide for me and my brother. Like as in we would catch the bus to school early and then we most days of the week when we were at my mum's when it was her time to have us we got picked up we either went to a friend's house or got picked up by our auntie and we'd spend a couple hours there after school until mum finished work and then she'd come pick us up so she worked her ass off to provide for us and we saw dad on his days off because he was on shift work so on his days off that's when we went there and then when he was at work, we went back to mum's. So there was just this constant, constant, constant stress around money, constant stress. And we, I just heard it. I say we as in me and my brother, and I'm speaking for him, but I know that he'll agree. I just, it was just this constant stress, stress, stress around money. His mum never had enough. There was always bills to pay. That's expensive. Can't do that. Like I hated when there would be a school excursion coming up because, and it would be something like $5, which seems minuscule to pay for this excursion. I am talking like 20 odd years ago. So I guess with inflation, that $5 probably was worth around $10 back then. Um, and this is coming from mum who was probably earning like 15 to $20 an hour back then. So I know that 10, that $5 was a lot, but I would be nervous to come home and say, we've got this school excursion or we've got this, it's going to cost $5 because mum, it would always be like, we can't afford it. But then on the other side of it, there was dad who I always thought he never cared enough about us to, to give us money. But my dad was just really fucking smart, really fucking smart. He just wouldn't spend money on everything. He'd really think about it. He was very frugal. I definitely got that from him just ask my husband (laughs) um and I felt like he didn't have any money but he just didn't spend it and he didn't talk about it he didn't talk about there being money or the lack of being money I know he wasn't abundantly wealthy they were going through a huge divorce where there was settlements and all this kind of stuff but I yeah I just felt like because he never talked about anything and Oh, it was just, there was just so much, can you just see how there was so much negativity around money? (laughs) That's how I viewed it all. Anyway, alongside the money side of things, and the reason I share that is because at the end of the day, that's where my vision lies, as I said, the the money thing. Like, I just had such a negative mindset around money, and I I copped all the stories, I I developed all the stories. Money doesn't grow on trees, rich only rich, rich people are greedy, um, and then the whole like money doesn't buy you happiness. So if you want to be happy, don't have money kind of thing. And you have to work really, 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 really hard for money. So you had to bust your ass and work a lot. So I developed all these beliefs. At the same time, I was someone who craved external validation. So I needed mum and dad to tell me I was doing the right thing. I was, I was doing good. I hated getting in trouble. I was a goody two shoes at school, even though I had a bit of a smart mouth on me, but I like, I got detention once and I cried for doing something. I don't even know what it was, but 
um, probably being a smart ass. <laughs> like I was a smart ass, but I never was like the naughty kid at school. I was actually in the, the a program for smart kids where us, the top four smart kids, the academically smart kids got to go do this extra program where like extracurricular, like just cool shit. We used to go to different schools and do cool shit each term, um, like different learnings. It was called PIAC. So if anyone can relate to this, PIAC, if you remember that, you might not, but I can't remember what it stands for. Anyway, I always had to do well because I felt like the better I did, the more like A grade student I was, the more my parents would love and accept me. That's literally the beliefs I had. I had to do well. I couldn't do any wrong. I had, because I wanted to feel good enough. I had to be top of the class. I had to be front row. I had to, I felt like it was the only way I was going to be seen. And since doing all the personal development work on myself, looking back, it's because I didn't feel seen as a child. So I needed to do things to be to be seen. I needed to get the straight A's. And the thing was, my parents were people who, if I, if I got 95% on a test, they're the ones that'd be like, well, what about the other 5%, Kim? And can you see how that could fuck up a child's mentality? <laughs> Where... I know now that they were so proud and because they knew what I was capable of, that's why they would say that, well, where's the other 5%? Like, we know you could get 100%. And all I wanted to do was feel accepted. So when when I didn't, when the, those types of things happened, like, oh, where's the other 5%, Kim? I go subconsciously, Kim, you're not good enough. See, this proves that you're not good enough. Again, your parents are telling you, you are not good enough. This is solidifying that belief. So my deepest core dominating thought, deepest, deepest belief through my childhood was that I am not worthy, I am not good enough. So I always strived and achieved to be the best, to get validated from other people because I just did not have it within within me. I always needed my friends to like me. I hated it, friend. If and the thing is, I went through all the things in primary school and in high school where you know you fall out with your friends, um, things change, and just personalities clash. And I just could not handle it. I just felt so sad and so depressed. Like I went through massive waves of anxiety and depression. Nothing at the time to think. Like back then, there wasn't diagnosis and all of that stuff I just know looking back I was so unhappy and then I got really stressed about stuff and I was really worried about the future and um, didn't really have like a, a safe feeling inside and always looking to be big bigger and better like how can I be better then people will like me how can I do more and then I'll be more accepted I need to be popular I want to be one of the cool kids because when you're one of the cool kids everyone likes you I'm not sure if um, I know uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're relating to some part of this. I hope so. Anyway, this is, so my primary school, I loved primary school, but at the same time, all I remember was being bullied, wanting to be, the, being bullied for being a smart kid. How fucked up is that, by the way? Side note. <laughs> like, kids, oh, anyway. And then just wanting everyone to like me, but at the same time, I'd always speak my my mind. I'd always, I was always known as the girl who, you know, should keep her mouth shut meaning I just spoke my truth but back then you just got hushed you got silence if you're not conforming or if you're not fitting inside the box then there's something wrong with you so I would get in trouble for genuinely just speaking my truth but all my intentions were always always good that's why I always never knew like why would I get in trouble or why would I why is this like I'm just sharing my truth why is this a bad thing so 
coming from a life where we always had dinner on the table, we always had a roof over our head, we uh, always had our school, uh, our sports outside of school, and like we, if you're looking looking back, very privileged. Dad always took us on little camping trips and all of that stuff. But my memory and my experience just feels like my beliefs got so fucked up. Well, let, let's elaborate on that. We're born and we're given our beliefs by our influencing figures. As in, if mum says this is green, I believe it's green. Mum says, don't steal. That's bad. My belief is that stealing is bad. As a society, we like we know that. I'm just using it as an example. So I developed these beliefs. So I, I believe there's no such thing as a, you're never born or you're never, you don't develop limiting beliefs as a child. You just develop your beliefs. But what happens is when you hit your next phase of life, whether it's adolescent period or as a new adult, as a young adult coming through and you start to think for yourself and you start to set goals and you start to realize that your life is what you create it. And then if you set a goal, for example, for me, it's like, oh, well, I need to be rich because if I'm not rich, I'm going to struggle like my parents did and my life was shit as a child and I never want, I just don't want that life. I see them trading happiness and freedom for a stable income and I don't want that. I want both. I want happiness and freedom and I want the stable income. But because my beliefs are around, you have to work really hard for money and like really, 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 really hard as in burn yourself out, get sick like put everything into it. Also rich people are greedy. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be a greedy person. So I had these beliefs that I had now became limiting to the goals that I had as an adult. So that's how limiting beliefs develop in my opinion. Anyway, sounds, well, it makes sense. (laughs) So back to this anyway, I remember hitting adolescence, my adolescent phase going into high school and my parents had both fallen in love and, and got together with now my step-parents, who I love dearly, but at the time, really fucking hard. Um, I did not like the idea of my parents. Like, I always wanted them to get back together, as every child does. I didn't like that my parents were moving on. Um, I really struggled to accept my stepdad, and, and at the time, he was very controlling. Love him. He's just old school. You know, that old school parents that, you know, very strict, not controlling, strict, I should say. And then my stepmom on the other side is she has three boys, three younger boys. So I was the first, her first girl and I was 12 years old. So I was heading into hormone age and I had my voice and had my opinion. I was dad's girl. I was daddy's little girl. And another woman came in. And so we, we, it was like, we had the best friendship. We got along as friends. It was so good. She didn't feel like another mum. But then at the same time, we totally clash because I was the female of the house and, and I was like you know the whole the when there's a divorce or parents split and it's usually the oldest child well the oldest child becomes like a parent in a sense and I felt like I was that parent I don't know how else to explain it but for my little brother like I was the the protector and I took on a lot of responsibility I just felt like I did I needed to do that and stay strong and so having another like mother come in it was and it was really hard because then my mom never wanted me to have another parent like another female parent like a a stepmother so oh fuck it was just hard (laughs) can you see how I can get so passionate about talking about my childhood I'm like where where are the happy memories look I'm sure they're there they definitely are there but 
as a general rule. Yeah. And also having the step parents come in also brought up my whole, Kim, you're not good enough. Why is it not good enough? Why can't my parents just be happy with just having us kids? Why do they have to find a partner? Because can you just see how I look back? I'm like far out, my poor brain. But anyway, I entered adolescence and I became a, te- becoming a teenager. I went to high school and again, I had the biggest struggles with being accepted. I was very inse- insecure, but I was very outspoken and loud. So people thought I was this confident, loud, out there girl. And it was all a front because on the inside, I was so insecure. I had to make sure everyone liked me. I couldn't handle being bullied. I thought my whole world was crumbling down when I had one instance, some of the girls at school like fully ganged up on me, especially when MSN, no, MySpace just came out and there was a chat box and they all just had, just got me, even one of my bestest friends, my oldest friend, who now still is my oldest best friend. But we even had, it's like we had breakups. (laughs) And it was really tough because we were in each other's pockets all through primary school and, and coming to high school and then that fell down. It just, it, it was really, really tough. And I just wanted to be accepted for me. So I was a people, I became a huge people pleaser. I um, became a very loyal friend because I wanted it back. I I just wanted to, I wanted to be the center of attention. So I felt loved. So I felt loved and accepted and that I felt good enough. <sighs> now I'm kind of like, where where did I actually want to go with this podcast? I just wanted to share what came up. But then I've shared a bit about this before, but this, the whole point of this is like my childhood. But then I, I, I can see where now, this is where I'll, I'll tie it up. I can see where... I get my drive from now and all through my 20s, I was so driven to be successful and I'm so grateful I I fell into personal development and then became so fucking addicted to it and understanding human behavior, human development, how the brain works, how like understanding life, understanding energy and the energetics of life and all of that that comes with it. And I truly believe it's such a gift because I was able to go back and see everything that happened to me what I felt that everything happened to me as a child actually happened for me it gave me if I look back I couldn't be more grateful for the pain and for the financial stress and for the beliefs that like I was just this I just see myself as this kid that was just so ready to make to explode and live this epic life but I was so uh, encapsulated by these prison walls of the society, what your parents, what your teachers, what people tell you how you should feel. Like I was, I was trying to be molded into a mold that I was never going to fit. And now I'm 31 as I share this. And I know I'm at that phase of my life where I have the voice, actually understand why it is that I'm here, what it is I'm here to do. And it couldn't be closer to the, it couldn't be any more closer to the truth that I'm trying, I think that's not the way you say the same, but Anyway, I just know that I'm here based on my childhood experience and where the gifts in all of it was, even though there was so much pain, I can help now that I've been able to turn that pain into pleasure and and grow and break out of the cycles where if I didn't do the personal development and if I didn't go down the path of my own human um, behavioral like exploration of why I behave the way I behave, I would literally just pass on the same beliefs to my child and, you know, 
follow the same footsteps because that's what we do. It's all in a cycle. Our future is literally just a well-rehearsed past because if we don't change the way we think and change the way we choose to act and feel and and believe in all of all of that. So I'm so grateful that now I can use, do you see where I'm going with this? I'm kind of, I feel like my brain's going, woo, <laughs> after talking so much and not really breathing because you know me, love to chat. But yeah, I feel like there's so much more I could talk about, but also part of my human design is I am my I can't remember what the word it is, but I'm, I respond, I'm a responder. So I'm more so like, I wish I was talking to you in a webinar right now where you, like you were on the call and you could ask me questions because I'm so, so good at doing that, at, at responding. When I think about everything I want to share, I'm like, oh my God, it's like so many different categories and so many different files in the, in the cabinet and in the filing cabinet. And I just want to share it all. And where do I start? And those who know me well know that like I, hop skip jump everywhere go back and forth and that's just part of that's just who I am and I've spent my life having people try and correct that and change me but I'm like that's this is just how I am and if you don't follow ask me ask me the questions and then you'll get more of a direct answer otherwise I'm just sharing what comes out and I love it I completely love it so yeah I'm gonna wrap it up there I just wanted to share that with you and I would love to know like, please reach out to me. Send me a message on Instagram and let me know if you can relate to any of my childhood. If I maybe should have put this at the start, if you found anything that I shared triggering, as in, fuck Kim, you had it way less, worse than me, like way better than me. I had it way worse as a child or whatever it might be. Don't forget, this is my experience. And I was just an innocent child, just like you, who didn't know any better hadn't experienced worse, hadn't experienced better. Well, I just, I knew what I knew and I experienced what I experienced and where the struggle and the pain was, that's, that's where it was. And, and that's, as I said, I look back now and I, I was definitely privileged. Def always went to school with lunch. And he, my husband, his mum never had multiple days. He's like, there was so many times me and my younger sister never went to school or went to school with, there was no, no food in the house. My parents didn't buy food. And I was just like, holy shit, I thought I had it tough. <laughs> um, so I know everyone has their different form of tough, but that was my experience. And, and I think at the end of the day, the biggest pain point for me is I just didn't have any love for myself and I never felt like I was good enough. So I behaved in ways that was constantly seeking external validation, especially from my parents and the people at my school. I wanted to feel loved and accepted because I felt like there was something wrong with me because why, like my parents can't love each other. It must be us kids' fault. Like, it, it just it blows my mind that us kids, us as kids and kids these days have these thoughts. Like, oh, it's deep, deep shit. All right, well, yeah, let me know if you can relate to any of this um, or had very similar upbringing. Maybe you can relate to my story, but you haven't had the chance yet or maybe this is why you're listening to this is this is your sign to start delving into and finding the love I will actually I should finish with this because I love myself enough now that I don't need anyone else to love me to feel good like I've done the work where I found everything from within I've become inwardly fluent rather than outwardly influenced I I feel good enough I still get my challenges with that. Every time I set a new level and I grow and I'm ready for the next goal, it's like, oh, am I good enough to achieve it? But I've done the work where 
I understand what's going on. So I feel worthy. Like I've broken that scarcity mentality. I don't stress about my money. I don't stress about bills. We always we always have enough. We never go without. Um, I've saved more than ever before. I've, I've learned a system to never have to worry about money again. And it fucking works. And this is what I teach other women to set up. It's hard. It is hard. Because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. But it's just hard work because it's brand new information and it's a new way of thinking and handling our emotions around money. But once it's set up, so fucking crazy. I literally put my income into a spreadsheet. It, it sorts everything out, formulates everything based on percentages and energetics. And it is fucking life-changing. So I did say I was going to wrap this up like 10 times. So I'm going to wrap it up there. Reach out. would love to chat. Uh, and I hope you enjoy this very raw real authentic um session thank you for tuning into this episode i'm so grateful that my voice landed in your ears and hopefully you got epic value out of this now it would mean the absolute world to me if you could share this be a part of the bigger mission and the bigger vision of empowering more women just like you to receive this gold and create those changes in their life that you and I both know they need as well as us. And you can also leave me a review. That would be absolutely amazing. I would be over the moon. We can head on over and leave me a review. And you can also check out my offerings at www.kimkent.com dot au or make sure you're following me on social media my handle is at kim kent and then two underscores can't wait to chat next time